Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to the series Walking by the Spirit by Teaching Pastor Daryl Feimster. Galatians 5.25 says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Last week we looked at the Spirit in relation to the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. God intends for us to live inside out. Spirit through the soul, by the body, expressing His life, love, and purpose to this world. The will, choice, okay, choice or your will is the vehicle whereby we check our feelings and our perceptions with the Holy Spirit before acting on them. So your will is your participation with the Spirit, okay? And I'm going to say this, and I want you to hear The Spirit's not going to force you to do anything. You participate with the Spirit. And when we're talking about the Spirit, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit Himself comes to reside in your human spirit. You are made alive spiritually to God. You become someone you've never been before because God has birthed you from above. His life is now in you. And so... It ought to be natural for us as believers to walk by the Spirit. But how many of you know we learned the unnatural before we got the natural? And so, uh, just basically, I want you to just get it that you're going to have a choice in this matter. A lot of times, here's what I want. I want God just to tell me, show me, and then do it through me. But he, He's not going to do it without my participation because He wants me to choose Him. That's the whole choice in the knowledge of good and evil was we have the choice whether to choose Him or to choose another way. Mankind chose another way. So this morning we're going to talk about walking by the Spirit with the Word of God. We've all been brought up and taught about the importance of Scripture, the importance of the Bible. Uh, and it is. But how many of you know that we can miss the reality of the Word while knowing the contents of the Bible? Mm-hmm. In other words, we can be brought up with the Word and we can quote it and we can answer the questions about it, but we don't live it. So when we're talking about walking by the Spirit with the Word of God, we're talking about the Word of God becoming a part of our walk and not just a part of our understanding and our talk. In other words, a lot of the scripture that we know is in our soul. But it's what God says to our spirit that empowers us. Uh, we know a lot more Bible than we tend to walk in. Would you agree with that? Jesus was talking to the religious of his day in John chapter 5 verse 39. He says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. And then in verse chapter 6 of John, verse 63, there's a scripture that says this, It's the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and are life. Jesus said, The words that I speak to you are spirit and life. Okay? So we're going to be talking about how we understand what God is saying to us through the Word of God. Okay? And we want to, and this morning I want to be a lot more on the practice than I am on the 
the teaching. So I'm going to probably leave a lot of things that need to be said out because I think it's, for me, it's more important that we activate you walking by it than just knowing more facts. We've got enough information. We need the transformation of walking by Spirit. Okay? So let's just invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you this morning. Come open our hearts and minds to you, Lord. We back up into our spirit, even here, that that as we hear these words, as we hear this teaching, that we don't just hear uh, information, Lord. We want to hear you. You said the words you speak to us are spirit and our life. And so we're inviting you to do that now, in Jesus' name, and for His sake through us. Amen. Amen. So how do you walk through in the Spirit with the Word of God? First, Spirit is primary. Okay? In other words, first things first. Always remember that God intends me to live from my Spirit, through my mind, will, and emotions, through my body, in life. We've been educated in America, in the Western world, to kind of put all that kind of aside and learn just the facts. Just get the facts. Just know the, get the know-how. If we can just get the know-how, if you can just get us to show me a system. Show, and we tend to always look for facts, strategy, things that we can choose and walk in and know and, and teach. We, most of all, we've been taught uh, the, we've been taught the opposite of the way God created us to function. Was it last week that Chris had talked about, in a sermon, he talked about somebody who had a third grade education, of the Jewish man that had a third grade education, but he spoke how many languages, six or eight languages, and was and built his business. So, but, but in America, we think education is foremost. But education without the Spirit, knowledge puffs up. But the Spirit is what sets us free and actually gives us wisdom. So understand you've been trained opposite. So when I talk about walking by the Spirit, understand the first thing your soul is going to do is going to say, yeah, but. Because we always have it. We want to have a reason and an explanation. So... I'm not saying that we don't walk through our soul, but we don't let our soul have the primary say in our life. The Spirit ought to have that. Okay, the Western educational process, you know, we have two sides of the brain, right and left. Left side is usually uh, the logical, you know, and then we're right, you know, a lot of times we'll say men are left brain, women are right brain, all these kind of things. But basically, God made you with a full brain. (laughs) He gave you left and right. So he gave you that logic. He gave you that reason. He gave you the possibility. But he also gave you that side that knows and listens and responds to things that are not facts and figures, but feelings and revelation and those kind of things. And God intends us to walk in the wholeness of it. But there is a problem. So let me just show. Here's some amazing statistics. At the age of five, nearly all children rank high in creativity. They live by imagination, by creative play. All right? By the age of seven, 
10% rank high in creativity. And by the time we get to be adults, 2% live by that creative side. So we are literally, I believe, I think we're literally educating. In other words, get real. Don't, you know, imagination almost becomes one of those words that you think you can't trust it. Well, imagination is another way of, uh, I think it's biblical meditation sometimes. How many of you just want your kids to stop daydreaming and get on with it? <laughs> we've been, we've trained our, we've trained us to respond to our soul. And when we educate the soul. And, uh, because here's, here's why we do it. Because that's what we think makes us people, makes us human. And God, it's, it's eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> we can figure this out for ourselves. We can pull ourselves up by our own, you know, that, that kind of thinking. So, we educate the left brain, and, and look at what's happening in education now. We educate the left brain, and the right brain stuff is electives. Right? In other words, art, music, those kind of things. Well, that's elected. We, but we're going to give you the three R's. And there's nothing wrong with... And when I'm talking about education, I'm not talking about doing away with it. I'm just coming... Just understand it takes both. And God wants us to have both. Okay? But what we tended to do is lean heavy on one side to the other. I don't think we... <laughs> You know, I don't think that we all it has to be all creative. That's not what I'm saying either. But what we have to give primary focus to what is God is saying spiritually before it comes to our soul, mind, will, emotions, and body. And so that's the primary thing that I'm trying to get across. God created us to know Him. <coughs> he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the morning. He intended to walk with His creation. Right? And when Adam sinned and Eve sinned, God didn't leave. Okay? He didn't leave. He didn't say, I'm done with you. God just moved from the inside out and started to work on man from the outside in. And so he kept inviting them to know him. When you're born again, you are recreated a new creation in Christ Jesus. God moves in. And you're different than you were before you were saved. You're a new creation. And why I want you to hear that is because what we tend to think is, I sure need God to help me. No, God has done the major work. Now you need to learn how to respond to Him. Because the creative work has been done in you. You are born from above. God didn't leave anything out. Uh, it's Colossians, I think. It says, you are complete in Him. And the Greek word there is pleiru. You are thoroughly furnished for everything. We've just got to learn how to walk in it. Okay? So that's what these classes are about. Learning how, to, by my will and choice, to choose to walk by the Spirit and not by the dictates of the flesh or the soul. Okay. Life comes from knowing Him, not from knowing things. Life comes from knowing Him. The word know in Hebrew, 
When we think of know, we think of knowing things, knowing information, knowing how, knowing what, knowing when. Okay? It all has to do with us knowing. The word in Scripture, the Hebrew word is yada. The Greek word is gnosko. And both of them mean something. They, they are translated no, but they, they both mean a word to describe the intimacy of a love relationship between a man and a wife and the consequential bearing of children. It's a knowledge that reproduces life. It is an intimate relationship. So when God says, I want you to know me, look at what he's inviting us to. He's inviting us into an intimate relationship that will reproduce life. Husband and wife is the sign of it. The two become one flesh and they bear fruit. Good soil is another way of saying it. When the seed falls into good soil, it brings forth much Fruit. Sixty hundred fold. You understand? So this knowing God will reproduce fruit in your life. This knowing God. But here's the word. Knowing it's not knowing about him, it's knowing him. It is an intimate relationship with your creator, with your Savior, with your spiritual mentor, which is the Holy Spirit. He is life to you. Okay. I like the word. They're words that go beyond simple objective knowledge to an intimacy and a personal acquaintance with that which you know. I like the word encounter because I want you to understand when we're talking about walking by the Spirit, we're talking about walking by the, the, uh, an encounter with God that lives through me into my world. An encounter with God. We tend to go to the Word of God with our mind, with our reason, to find definition, to find content. Now you would think that the Bible would command us to use, uh, to use our minds to learn and live truth. In fact, the Bible does say a hundred, there's a hundred verses that use the word mind in it, in Scripture. There's 800 verses that use the word heart. Okay? With the heart man believes. <laughs> okay? Heart in Scripture is the centermost, the inner man. It's the center of your being. And so, basically, it's what I would say. You can almost interchange your spirit and your heart. You ask Jesus into your heart. Well, we're not talking about the blood pump, the physical heart. We're talking about into the center of what makes you you. I believe that's your spirit. We invite Jesus to come and live in us in that part that can accommodate Him. And He is a spirit. He lives in a spirit. And it lives through, just like He did in Jesus being flesh and blood. 800 times to 100 times, it talks about knowing Him with your heart. Then there's 600 verses that talk about spiritual, about your spirit. Knowing Him in your spirit. So when you add this to the 800 verses with the heart, then you have 1,400 verses in Scripture that talk about heart and spirit, and you have 100 verses that talks about your mind. So what I'm telling you is God, the whole scriptural teaching is God is wanting for you to know Him 
by spirit in the center of your being and live out from that. So when we talk about dealing with the Word of God, we're talking about getting in, and I'm talking about the Bible here. I believe the Bible is the Word of God written down for our learning in order that we might know Him in in a very tangible, spiritual way. So... Remember in John 6, 63, it says, It's the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they're life. The words of God, Jesus, are spirit and life. Now, I want you to hear me. I believe when you're reading the Word of God, I'm talking about you've opened the Bible and you're reading the Word of God, that that Word is alive. It's alive by the Spirit of God. It's it, it is able to do things. It has an authority that uh, that is beyond. It's not. It's not just reading a book. It's not reading a history account, though it's history. It's all I'm trying to say is I believe, according to Hebrews, is it four eleven that talks about this, the word of God is living and active, more powerful, yeah, sharper than a two edged sword, able to divide between in the mind, soul and spirit. So here's the whole point. <clears throat> The Word of God is more than just uh, a book with truth in it. And I want to talk more about that in just a minute. John 5, 19. Jesus, here's the thing I want you to understand. Jesus lived the way we're talking about. Jesus lived by His Spirit, through His soul, and through His body. He lived as Jesus was the man God intended every man to be. He's called the last Adam. If you want to see a perfect example of what God intends you to be, look at Jesus. If you want to know how you're supposed to live in this world, Jesus is our living example. And what's good about that is He lives in us to do it. Now, I want to, in John chapter 5 verse 19, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son of Man, the Son can do nothing of Himself, but what He sees the Father do... For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Jesus lived out of relationship with the Father by the Spirit. Jesus himself lived out of his relationship with the Father by the Holy Spirit. And I can take time to prove that to you through the Scripture, but I want you to understand, sometimes we think Jesus lived because he, the way he lived because he was Jesus. And we make Jesus... Something more than what God said. He and Jesus Himself said, "I'm the Son of Man. I am God in flesh." You realize, and, and don't miss. You'll never be God. That's not what I'm saying. But you have God in flesh too. Yes. He lives in you. And God has told us. And what I'm trying to say, Jesus said this. Greater works than these you shall do because I go to the Father. Why? Because He's going to send the Holy Spirit to be in you the same way He was in Jesus. So, now, I want to say something very... uh, This we're going to get practical because I want us to see how this works out. I want to kind of activate the same way we did last week. The Bible is not just truth. It's authoritative. And I think this is what we've lost in our generation. Everybody says, well, do you believe the Bible's true? Yes, I believe the Bible's true. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe the Bible has God's authority on it? 
and it's different. Let me just let me see if I can explain. We tend to emphasize Bible study, not acting on or responding to the Bible. Let me tell you what happens. When you just study the Bible to know the Bible, to know what God says, you believe it's truth, but does it dictate your life? Is it authoritative? When we, when we just read the Bible without responding to it, uh, we develop an unspoken idea about the Word of God. It's truth, but not necessarily authoritative. It's good to know the information. I'm glad I know that story. It's truth, but it, it's not authoritative. James, James says, be doers of the Word and not hearers only. And here's one of the big things that I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do in us. Help us to see the authority of His Word and not just the truth of His Word. Because truth is really a person. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, so basically, if you're going to know truth, truth is a person. That's another deal. What? <laughs> Here's another way of quoting James. Be doers of the word and not readers only. <laughs> okay? I, I read through the Bible. I try to read through the Bible every year. Okay? I'm, I'm in the Word. I am by no means saying don't read the Bible, don't study the Bible. But what I want you to do is there's another way to read and study the Bible. That's what we're talking about is, is to get into the Word of God for God to speak to you because when He speaks to you, those words are spirit and life. And here's the thing. And what I want you to hear is now I have a choice. I have heard what he said. Now I have, that's where my will becomes the vehicle by which I agree with what God said and I respond to it and usually in some action. In other words, I respond to it with my soul, with my mind, and with my emotions, with my actions. And let me tell you, this is what I've discovered through a lot of years, 45 years of ministry. It's when I respond to what God is spiritually speaking to me that I find that that becomes established in my life. When I respond, I may share it with someone else. I may preach it with my calling. But it becomes when it becomes testimony, I begin to speak forth what God has spoken to me. I find that it establishes it as truth in my life. As authority in my life, okay, and so I don't want to. I don't want to lose you here, because when I say the difference between truth and authority, mom and dad were an authority in my life. They were not just mom and dad. They were guiding me, leading me, and I found something that when I got into college, you know, my mom and dad were not too smart when I was at home, but when I got out off on my own. Mom and dad became really, you know, they knew stuff about life I didn't know. They knew how to make these decisions that I didn't know how to make. And I discovered something. I began to go back to my authority and respond to my authority, though I had rebelled against it earlier. I responded to my authority and learned how to live it out in the real world. Now, they had been telling me the same thing when I was at home, but, but I was at home. 
And so the difference between, it was truth when I was at home, but it became authority when I was stepping into life. The scripture is not just truth. That's what I'm trying to get across. It's authority. It has God's authority on it. So uh, there's a lot of things that me and you can see differently. But when the word of God has spoken, when it's spoken to your spirit, it is spirit and life to you, that becomes authority. Okay? Now, I keep saying we're going to get practical here. Here's the thing. How do we do it? Get in the Word. Yes, read it. Uh, get you a system, uh, whatever. Just be consistent. But, but what I'm going to tell you this morning is, don't just start with your mind, but with your heart, with your spirit. Open the Word to hear God speak. Don't open the Word to get your Bible study done. Follow me? Uh, yes, you can read five chapters. I, you know, I used to read one proverb because it's 31, and so I'd read a proverb every day. I'd read five psalms. I got into a system. Now, here, nothing wrong with system. But what I started to do is I started to work my system and get my job done so I could get on with the rest of my life. When did you go to the Word? When did you go to the Word and really got into the Word? It's usually when you was in trouble. But you had a situation come in your life and you didn't know what to do about it. So you go to the Word and you open it up and you begin to read. And, and that's where these things, pointing your finger, finding the verse, those kind of things. And isn't it amazing that God wants to speak to us so bad that sometimes He'll let that work? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because God wants us to know Him. He wants us to relationship. So what I want you to hear, what I want you to hear most of all from me is to walk by the Spirit is an invitation to God to walk with Him. He is so wanting you to walk with Him. Why? Because He wants the very best for you, and the fullness of life is found in Him. So get in the Word. Read until something stands out, stands off, comes to light. Until something says, oh, I didn't know that. In other words, read the scripture, and here's what I'm telling you. Don't worry about finishing your five chapters. When God says something to you, stop and camp there, because he's saying something. And here's what. Here's what you do. You ask with your spirit, what you, what are you saying, Lord? What am I seeing? What am I supposed to do with this? It's relational. It's not informational. You may look at something, and I remember in Acts chapter 5, I was reading the scripture, and I was dealing with my call, call on my life, and the scripture, and it just leaped off the page. It says, go stand and speak all the words of this life. It caught my attention because I'd just been praying about that, and all of a sudden I had an authoritative word from the Holy Spirit to do what he had called me to do. But also, I was facing a time where God was giving me fresh revelation that didn't go along with what I had been preaching. And now what do I do? Well, God, are they ready? You told me they wasn't going to be ready for this. And then God says, share it. Well, God, I need a word from you. <laughs> Acts chapter 5. I I'm, uh, I'm see it on the page. Go stand and... It was the word to Paul. Go stand and speak all the words of this life. Suddenly, I had authority to respond to. 
You follow what I'm saying? That became a spiritual word to me. It became spirit and life to me. And I walked in it for 40 years. The whole point I'm trying to say is those kind of things are not just Bible study. It's walking by the Spirit with the Word of God and it becomes life to you. Okay, get in the Word. Read until something stands off. Don't be so content-driven. Content and context of Scripture are absolutely important, but God speaks to the Spirit for relationship and walking together. We tend to read for content and context, and God wants us to read for communion, to commune with Him. Nothing wrong with content and context. That's how you know. That's, that's when you, God has spoken a word to you and you go to find context and content. That's when you take it from your spirit, through your mind and your emotions. And so I'm not saying you do it without logic and reason. I'm not saying you just pull out a scripture anywhere you want and make it say whatever you want. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're listening for Him. You're looking for Him. You're, ta- you're, you're more interested in relationship than you are in content. <clears throat> Somebody asked me, why did God, in fact I got asked this morning, why did God have them strap on swords and kill 3,000 of their own people? My answer is I don't have a clue. God hadn't shown me that. And it doesn't really matter to me. I figure God knows what He's doing and there's certain things that's not written down. But He doesn't have to explain Himself to me. All I'm saying is read the Word with God first. What's He saying? What am I to know about Him through what He's showing me, what's standing off? What does he want me to see? What what attitude? Uh, when I when I see and when I let me tell you, there's things God has said to me that I wasn't ready to hear. <laughs> I wasn't ready, and He knew I wasn't ready, but He was breaking the ice. God wanted me to know Him. And I wasn't in control of that. He was. That, that comfort zone is usually my control zone. <laughs> it's what I, what I can handle. And God sometimes, you do know God's going to give you more than you can handle. Right? Because that, that's the only way you learn how He can handle it. And uh, so, I do this with an attitude. Now listen to me. I'm not ready for it, but my attitude is I want to know you and I want to obey. I want to respond. I want to act on it. And I may not act correctly. My response may be, oh no. (laughs) God, I can't do that. And I want to tell you something. I'm going to celebrate response however it happens. You remember Jesus told a story about he the father had two sons. He told them to go out to the field and work. One of them said, oh, I'll go, but didn't. And the other son said, I won't go, but he did. Mm-hmm. Which one did the will of the father? The one that said, won't go, but he went on ahead and did it. Yeah. So there's times when I will say, God, I, don't, I can't do that. But if I let him do the work that he's done, the authoritative work that he's done in my life, it'll end up that I'll end up doing it because my heart attitude is to to respond to him, is to know him. 
Okay? And it may take me time. It may take him time. But he's faithful. Again, we're talking about walking by the Spirit with the Word of God. How am I to respond? And But here's the thing. Don't... So much of the time, we make this all about us. God usually does stuff in us for others. So usually what God is showing you, it's for you to share. It's for you to live out in such a way that others come to know that too. And so just understand that God is doing this so that you will know Him and that you will conform to what He's intending for you. And listen to me. Settle it in your heart. It's always right and it's always best. God's way is best. Even when you don't understand it. And uh, I can't say that. I, I know that will be challenged in your life. It ch- he's challenging it in mine. But His way's right. And His way's best. It's truth. It's life. It's the way. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit to open your heart. Say what He wants you to hear. Show you what He wants you to see with an attitude that when you hear or see, you will respond. Now, I'm not saying you're doing without your soul. So here's the thing. The first thing you're going to have to learn how to do is practice stillness. Stop talking. (laughs) I'm reading the scripture and something will stand out and say, man, this is good. And then I go, I jump to other things to see, to prove my point of what I'm seeing and all this kind of stuff. And God just wants me to see it. He's wanting me to know it. But you see, I've got on my rabbit trail and I'm going to figure all this out. And I'm, all of a sudden, I've jumped on what God's just said with my mind and my reason and my intellect because I've got a new, I've got a new tool in my bag. I've got, you know, it's all about me. And God's wanting me to know Him. And I find one of the hardest things for me is to get still when He says something to me and just listen. Just listen. I don't have to answer right now. I need to hear. How many of you have ever experienced this? It's when somebody else is talking to you, it's keyed something in your mind, and you're already thinking about what you can say back to them, and you're not listening to what they're saying because you already have another conversation going on in your head about what you could say to answer this, or you want to tell a story that you want them to get through with their story so you can tell your story. Is that just me? When you talk, you're only repeating what you already know. But if you listen, you may learn something. Yeah. When you talk, you're only repeating what you already know. When you listen, you might learn something new. Very good. Also, had knowing the Bible is one thing, but knowing the author. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's what the whole Bible is for: is that we might know Him. And here's the thing: you realize that the Bible is made up of 66 books. Different books. And it's gone through over 1,500 years of history. So it's not that he said something one time. He's been saying, and what I see in the scripture become is the faithfulness of God in his work with mankind to bring us 
to what is intended, to our good. <clears throat> Practice stillness. Stop thinking you have to figure it out. Just imagine and listen. Sometimes, and listen to me, some people see and listen and see pictures. So when I say it's not just what he's saying, what are you seeing? You may read and all of a sudden you get this picture. And your imagination imagines what that would be like. And da, 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 da. Don't, don't discount that. God said we would have dreams and visions. Okay? So he can speak to you in multiple ways. And he will usually speak to you in a way you will understand. So he may not speak to me the way he speaks to you. But what we tend to do, if I heard it in words, then I'm going to, everybody else ought to hear it in words. Now, lots of people will hear it in pictures. Sometimes when people are talking, you're already seeing things. Okay? <laughs> Go with what God's showing you. Okay. Spend time with him in his word. Okay? What we tend to do is spend time in the Word and hope He shows up. Recognize He's already here. And it's depending on my will to turn my attention to Him and read the Word with Him in mind. With Him in my spirit. Read it to hear Him. Now, does that mean I don't study? Listen, I go, God says something to me and I will research it out. Okay, and I've got tools, and I, and I use all the tools I can get to, to confirm and to establish what he said to me. Okay, uh, and a lot of times God will say something to you for others. And it's not so that you would know, it's so that he could reveal. And he makes us dependent on each other. God intends us to be a body. You don't have everything. You have a part. And it's as you put all the parts together that the body of Christ becomes the whole. And so I want you to understand, you're just getting a part. We see in part. We see through a glass darkly. We just get my, I just get my, but if I'm not faithful to share my part, then I've got to realize that I'm withholding what God is saying. All right, let's practice. You ready? If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. All right, I'm going to read it from the New King James. And uh, we're going to read through it, and then I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And I want you to focus your attention on Him. And then I'm going to read it again with your eyes closed. You're not reading it, you're hearing it. Okay? Alright? Colossians 3.1 says this, So if you, uh, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you'll also appear with Him in glory. 
Okay. Close your eyes. I want you to focus your attention that you're... Whatever you need to do, just focus your attention on God. You're serious. God, what do you want, what do you want to say to me? What do, we, what do you want me to see? What are you wanting, how are you wanting me to respond? Now, I want you to listen to this. If you're serious about living this new resurrection life of Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides, where he's seated above. Don't just shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to other people, is with Christ in God. He's your life. When Christ, who is your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you. The glorious you. If you were raised with Christ Jesus, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Okay, look up here at me. And I know I'm I'm interrupting. Probably the Holy Spirit is showing you things. Did any of these words stand out to you? Anything that just, that's the one you stuck on. Any of those words. You can look back at your scripture and look at it again. The reason I want you to see is, what is God wanting to say to you? That's what we're talking about. What's he want me to see? How many of you saw when we talked about Jesus seated, seated in heavenly places? Did you see something? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're on the right side of God. Sitting on the right side of God. Yeah. Sitting on the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. What is just the word above? The word above. That's yeah. Not things on this earth. Seek those things which are above. Huh. Set your mind. Set your mind. What comes then on that with you? My mind's been wrong. Cool. Hidden with Christ. Hidden with Christ. Hidden with Christ. Your life is hidden with Christ. You are hidden in Christ. (laughs) That's a week I walk at the house all the time, and this week I was walking, and part of it is a dirt road, and there's rocks, and... um, Gosh, a lot of times he says things to me that just make absolutely no sense to me at the moment. And he kept saying, look up. And I was like, I'm not going to trip. It meant nothing until you read that. And when you read it in the message, it said, look up. And I just saw that he's telling us to quit paying so much attention to the earthly things. Very good. See it from his perspective. See what he sees. See it from his perspective. Good. Keep seeking. Keep seeking. Okay. Now, when you hear that, what we can do is think that's enough. Okay? But let that, let your, I'm going to use the word imagination. It's meditation is the scriptural word. 
When I say meditate on it, most of us have not a clue. So if I'm going to say, imagine what that means. Imagine what, and, and let me tell you what will happen. If you're really a student of the Word, set your mind. It'll come, all of a sudden, it'll come to another scripture. You'll think, oh, and when you go to that, it says more to what he was saying to you there. The whole point is you're wanting to know him. So when he says something to you, it is spirit and life. It has the authority of God himself on it. Don't run away from it. Take as much time as you need. How many, I spent three years in Romans 6. Just going over it, over it, because God had transformed my life through a truth of the old man being dead. And I just couldn't see how can the old man be dead when I still act like I act. <laughs> and yet God began to just prove and prove and prove and prove. And I spent years on What I'm trying to say is God may say one thing, you want to go on to the other things, and he keeps bringing you back to the one thing. Why? Because he's wanting to establish it in your life. Okay. Now, suppose you have a hard time... Uh, Okay, preacher, it's easy for you to lead us in doing that. And yeah, I can see it when you're leading me. But when I just open the Bible, I don't understand sometimes what it says. I get confused. I don't, you know, how do I do this? Let me, do you know God give us a tool? I want to give you a tool to use, and, and, and then we're going to be through. I want to give you a tool to use when you're reading Scripture of, of how do I get more out of it than what I'm reading. It's it's Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. You're going to recognize as soon as I start quoting. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, adequate, equipped for every good work. Okay. He says some things here that I want you to see. And you know when Paul wrote that, he's talking about the Old Testament. How many ever have trouble making the Old Testament fit with the New Testament? You know, you read these things and God's killing people and you know, and you read this place and he's telling us don't kill. You know, and you see, so how do I, so here Paul's saying all scripture is God breathed and it's profitable. And so here's what I'm telling you. Here's what you do. Take these words, teaching, reproof, correction, training. You read a scripture, okay? What's God trying to teach me? And this word reproof means what's he trying to convince me of? We think of reproof as always conviction of sin, right? Reproof is he trying to convince you of something. He's trying to prove something to you. Now, it can be sin, but it's 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 convinced. And then look at the next one. Correct. What's he what's he wanting to correct? <laughs> Sonia's shaking her head no. <laughs> we don't like the correction of scripture, do we? Remember the scripture is not just tr- truth, it's it's authoritative. So let me say this about that. God will never tell you to stop doing that without giving you something to replace it. God's not just about getting you to stop doing things. He's wanting to get you to start doing things. And I really believe that what God does is the way he deals with our sin is he offers us something better. 
because he's good. All right. Uh, and then training in righteousness. Righteousness is in, in right standing with God. What's he doing to train me to be in right standing with God? What's, so here's the way you go to that scripture. Uh, God, this thing stood out. Is there anything you're wanting to show me, teaching me? Are you, is there something you're wanting to teach me? Is there something you're trying to convince me of? Is there something here for my correction? Is there something here for help training me in right relationship with you? So if you have a hard time, just realize God gave us a tool here. Okay, you can do this, but what I found out, my control of the questions, <laughs> I can get my soul involved with my asking God. I don't want to ask him if he wants to correct me. I don't want to ask him if he wants to do something different than what I want to do. So I found that this tool can help me. If I'll just run this word through, is it for teaching, training, correction, convincing? And then I just, what I do is I take my focus back. God, I really want to know you. I really want to be thoroughly equipped for every good thing that you purpose for me. Okay? The thing that I heard through this was don't come up with your own revelation. Let him give you that revelation. Very good. If you look at it as like you're a lawyer, you're going to ask the questions of the outcome that you want. That's right. Don't come up with your own outcome. That's good. Yeah. You know, when I you were saying pictures and stuff, I saw myself in the middle of, it was just like a blank room. It didn't have anything in it. And I was on a floor like this. And I was just sitting there, Indian style, meditating. Well, I just blew it off because I'm like, I can't even sit Indian style. Like, why would I, <laughs> why would that? And then when you said meditate, it pierced my heart mm. when you said that because that's where he wants me mm-hmm. to meditate on his word instead of getting so busy with everything else. Good. Okay, this is meant to be practiced, okay? Well, I want you to practice it. I want you, when you get into the word, okay? And let me tell you, it makes it exciting. It makes it life. If you, if you, you can just remember this, the word that Jesus is going to speak to your spirit is spirit and life. The words he speaks to you are spirit and life. I don't have to know and reason and stuff. Just understand, they have the authority of the one who spoke it. And it will become life and living to me. God, The God who says it will also do it. <laughs> okay? All right. <clears throat> the word bring its, brings its own power to accomplish. All I have to do is receive and respond. Okay? Thanks for listening, and join us next week for more Walking by the Spirit with Pastor Daryl Feenster. 